Hello, I'm Liv Bolton and welcome back to The Outdoors Fix, a podcast to inspire you to make adventures outdoors a bigger part of your life. Series 6 of The Outdoors Fix is produced in association with outdoor footwear brand Merrill. I'm walking in Painsall Park in Surrey and I'm about to go and find Sharni. She's one of the gardeners here. Sharni moved to the UK from Australia age 16 after being scouted to be a model. She's appeared in Vogue and countless other fashion magazines and she's done catwalks and fashion weeks all over the world. But in the last 18 months, she's completely transformed her life to become a professional gardener. I'm really looking forward to finding out why she's pushed her modelling career to the side to focus on the outdoors and nature and how she made the career jump to gardening. So I'm just going to go and find her. Shardy, hello. Hi. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the Outdoors Fix podcast. It is so lovely to meet you and it is the most beautiful location for a podcast recording. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's an honour to be on it. Not at all. So can you tell me, well, we're in Painsill Park in near Cobham in Surrey. It's an 18th century landscape garden. But can you describe exactly where we're sitting for the moment? Uh, so, yeah, Painshill is an 18th century garden. It was made by Charles Hamilton. Uh, we are currently sitting on the amphitheatre in a park called Fir Walk with beautiful fir trees all around us and we've got a lovely vineyard down below and a little south bank with some lake and lots of ducks and geese. <laughs> it is beautiful and it, I mean it apparently it is a very fine example of an English landscape garden so everything well, you'll be able to tell me more in a, in a bit but everything is sort of about the viewpoints isn't it? And, yeah so yeah. the motto is where your walk is a work of art so every point should be a beautiful scene it should be able to be painted it should be a beautiful photograph so hopefully every part of the park is a piece of art it's really beautiful it's a beautiful place to work yeah and yeah so this is your office mm -hmm. incredible <laughs> can you tell me what your role is here and kind of the the day-to-day -day? uh yeah so i started here a couple of months ago now and i'm a junior gardener at the moment and my role here it varies day to day, so I honestly do everything. So I'm a part of a five-person team at the moment, and we work on, I think it's about 180 acres of land, and so we do absolutely everything. We drive the tractors, we mow, we strim, we mulch, we plant. We I was planting annuals yesterday, um, weeding, we run volunteers, we work on the vineyards, just whatever they need us to do. I've also gotten into the water and caught dead fish and done all that sort of stuff as well oh wow and we passed just just a minute ago we passed the kitchen garden and you've been yes. working a bit in there have you yeah so we've been renovating it a lot so they were able to get some money in and we've been putting in new beds we've we're putting in a little pond we've got um loads of garlic onions uh chard we're just putting in we put in a lot of 18th century vegetables and like back in the 18th century they didn't actually eat tomatoes mm. so we don't put any of that we don't put we do put potatoes but we also put potatoes in some of our annual beds because they used to use those as ornamentals right so, yeah. good knowledge and just briefly before we go off on our walk this park was actually derelict for a, for many many years wasn't it uh yeah so 50 years ago it was kind of abandoned and it was very overgrown and it was bought out by the Paines Hill Trust 
and then from them they brought in a couple of head gardeners and they just revamped the whole place and through the help of volunteers and trustees they've kind of been able to make it as close to Charles Hamilton's day as possible. Wonderful. So we're going to go on a little bit of a walk around the garden and then we're going to find a spot to record the podcast and chat a bit more but can you just tell me roughly the route that we're going to take? Yep so we are at the amphitheatre now and we're going to walk up to the Gothic Temple because there's a really beautiful view across the whole park from there and then we're going to go down to Serpentine Walk which is a bit of a zigzaggy shrubbery area and then we're going across the Chinese Bridge and then the Woollett Bridge and into the Crystal Grotto which is completely man-made grotto out of lime mortar and gypsum and we've been restoring that at the moment as well it's really beautiful in there and then we're going to go walk across that to Woollett Bit Bridge and then find somewhere nice to sit on the South Bank. Amazing. Right well let's do it. Yeah sounds good. walking on Serpentine Walk right now and Berry walks on the other side and these are yeah there's just a lovely little flower beds lots of dragonflies and damselflies yeah yeah there's lots and lots of insects here like, we have tons of butterflies as well which is really lovely and like day flying moths coming in Yeah, which is funny because there's the A3 is just there. Well, I mean, actually, yes, too. You actually can hear a little bit of yeah. the A3. But when you zone that out, there's a like lot that of bird songs. Song. Yeah. So, Shani, we found our spot to record the podcast. We are in the shade of a beautiful big oak tree right by the lake and um, it's still blazing sun which is amazing and we're in the long grasses it's by the bridge isn't it which bridge yeah, is it? we're at the five arch bridge and we're opposite a little island wheel island and we've got a view of the grotto and it's just lovely and peaceful here oh it's absolutely amazing so as we said you are a junior gardener here yes but your life two years ago was incredibly different to what it is now it's been an unbelievable transformation can you tell me about what your life was like two years ago because you were a model i i have been a model since i was 13 so it's been all i knew really and my life two years ago was traveling at least once a week to usually germany or paris or new york or just somewhere in europe just traveling a couple of days a week shooting in a location or on a studio flying back to london and then doing all this it all again like it was constant traveling constant airplanes trains plane like buses everything it was very stressful quite glamorous at times but just completely different like just never saw the outdoor really and yeah it was <laughs> i don't even know how to describe it it's uh, a lot of meeting new people every single day it, i really loved that part of it but it was also a lot of being by yourself, like traveling by yourself. You'd be six months in New York or something completely by yourself the whole time, not knowing anyone, having to kind of like make stuff up to do in your free time while you're waiting for jobs to come up or you'd be flying and hopping from hotel to hotel and it was just living out of the suitcase really. Wow. And so you've done it from 13. Mm -hmm. You grew up in Perth in Australia? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did. Yeah. 
So I got scouted at 13 and started flying back and forth from Perth to Sydney a couple of days a week, like skipping school a bit for it. And yeah, it just kind of took off, like the modeling industry kind of, um, <laughs> yeah, engulfed me in a way. So I started, I started working a lot and then um, I quit school at 16 and then moved to Europe. So my agency were like, you need, Australia's too small, you need to come to Europe. I came to Europe and they're like, you need to choose a city. And I just, I loved London. It, I loved the people. Like it felt very similar to home, which is an odd thing to say, but like the, the humor was the same as Australian humor. So I just, I, I felt comfortable here and I chose London to stay. Wow. I've been here ever since. <laughs> Gosh, so was it catwalk? Was that, I mean, it was it a mixture of catwalk and um, fashion shoots? Um, it was everything. So I used to do, edit, I would do editorial. So we used to shoot for Vogue, Harper's Bazaar, GQ, um, more fashion editorials as well, like Dazed. And then also we would do, um, I do fashion weeks. I've done fashion week in Paris, New York, London, Sydney, Milan, all over the place. Um, and then also e-com so what you use for your day-to-day -day shopping clothes shopping i would do campaigns just beauty whatever whatever they'd give me i'd do it <laughs> a very busy metropolitan mm. lifestyle then yeah yeah and how did you feel at the time were you i mean were you loving it was it stressful um i'm quite a worker bee like i love being busy so i would love when i was super busy when i had loads of work but the thing with fashion is that and modeling especially is it's a freelance industry so you'd have say three months of non-stop no weekends just on the go working all the time and then you'd have six months of nothing or and it would be it would just be so sporadic and i loved being busy and i loved traveling and i loved um i'd sometimes try and book an extra day there and i'd go to say the botanic gardens in berlin or hamburg or wherever i was but at the same time i hated 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 when i wasn't working and i would go a bit nuts inside and I go stressful and it was just not great like you kind of like stress out worry about how you're looking how like whether it's you whether it's the industry what's happening am I getting phased out that's the thing yeah a very intense metropolitan lifestyle last year though you decided to become a gardener mm -hmm. which is a very different you know lifestyle to what you had before can you tell me about how you came to that decision and and why yeah so um 2019 i'd kind of i'd been so i'm turning 23 this year so i've been in the industry a while <laughs> but um 2019 there was massive bushfires in australia and i got really upset by it like it really hit a nerve that I didn't expect at all and that's because when I was growing up I lived in the bush I lived in Darlington in Perth and we used to get evacuated every year for bushfires like it was a really normal part of our life like it wasn't a stressful thing or anything and growing up as a child that was just kind of something that happened we get a call from mum on the way home from school and be like don't come home go to this address like or this and it's like there's a bushfire or there's um whatever's happening there's a risk of this and we're not going to be home so that was kind of like always a norm in my family and traveling from 13 I kind of forgot about it and I forgot about nature and I forgot about how um how like surrounded by nature I was growing up and I loved it so much and then when the 2019 bushfires happened I like 
I kind of got, I got so upset. I was heartbroken and I was like, well, I just can't go. I don't want to go home because I have my partner here and I have my dog here and my friends and my support group is now in England. But at the same time, I can't, I can't be flying every single week to a different country and I can't be um, catching lots of trains and I can't just be in hotel rooms or in studios just just doing things that kind of like it's about me it's about me it's about my image and I just I decided I wanted to change I wanted to do something in nature I didn't know what I wanted to do just go just picking up though then so was it a mixture of an environmental concerns as well as yeah. wanting to give back so it was the worst bushfires in the history of Australia and they burnt for about nine months non-stop and it kind of made me sit back and be like I'm actually impacting the climate a lot more than the average person like flying every week is not great like it's really really bad so I was like okay this needs to change and I'd like to be back like to earth back be grounded mm-hmm. it sounds a bit funny but yeah and I started looking for volunteering opportunities I started applying everywhere and then lockdown happened yeah. <laughs> and luckily Payne's Hill messaged me back and because it's such a big place I was they were like we still are taking on new volunteers because people can socially distance and so I just started coming here pretty much every day like volunteering here loving it and decided yep that's it I'm gonna do gardening like I didn't really know what part of nature I wanted to be in but I just knew I wanted to volunteer during lockdown and figure it all out and that kind of just started my career. Great. So lockdown kind of gave you the headspace to step away from modelling, which I imagine obviously basically stopped for you. Yeah, it was like a. It kind of forced me to do it because I was planning my my idea like was to model for another year or two, save money, and then go into a degree and study something that I wanted to that would get me into a nature sort of career. So I was thinking conservation or ecology or something like that, and then lockdown happened and I had to I couldn't work and mm. I'm freelance so we didn't get furlough or anything like that so I was like okay well I need to take up my time I need to now look at um, jobs that will pay me <laughs> to study to learn and so volunteering I was getting experience I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do and then from there start applied to places like London, London Wildlife Trust which had traineeship that was paid placement and then I got this job and yeah. So what were you doing as a volunteer at Painsville? What were your tasks? Um, they kind of treated me like one of their own because I was the youngest volunteer by a good 40 years. Sorry if any of the volunteers <laughs> are listening to this, but um, yeah, because I was young, they were like happy to kind of let me come in when they come in so I used to come in at 7 30 and finish at 4 which is the gardener's hours and I would drive the RTV they would teach me how to mulch they teach me how to um, split wood they teach me planting they would try and teach me IDs of plants I'm not great at remembering Latin names at all but they kind of just got me involved in everything they were doing you know like I'd assist them and whatever be a little shadow for the with them for the day you know help Andy prune something or Mm -hmm. I'd help them harvest apples or something in the orchard or the kitchen garden and it was just really lovely like I kind of got hooked instantly like loved being outdoors loved coming home tired and covered in mud and like feeling like I've done hard work and that something I've done is not about me as well like it was really nice to 
do a job that is like you're the background you're you're invisible pretty much like gardeners don't really get seen you're you're just kind of making this really beautiful place and I loved that like yeah so I got hooked and I came I came in every day they were like you're way too enthusiastic <laughs> <laughs> amazing and then you got this um, apprenticeship with the London Wildlife Trust yeah and yeah so I I, I saw it advertised like two days before it closed and it's a th it was a three-month traineeship and it was um, for young people under 25 and it's just kind of a gateway into conservation work and as I was like nature but what I wanted to try it and so that was amazing I, I spent three months with the London Wildlife Trust moving between the different sites so there's I think 31 sites London Wildlife Trust so we'd go to different sites every day and do different things I learned about surveying learned about um, a lot of English wildflowers a lot of English insects and a lot of English butterflies and moths which was really nice and a lot of English birds because mm -hmm. as an Aussie like I know Aussie stuff like I know Aussie parrots I know parakeets and it's really easy for me to ID those and I'd have no idea about English ones I'd be like mm, what's a coot what's moorhen which one's <laughs> which like and that just kind of gave me a huge knowledge base of England like and it really it's really helped so now like when I see a bird fly by I'm like oh that's this that's this mm. this is this and it's brilliant I loved it so much and in London then what were your favorite green spots of the wildlife trusts areas that you uh, you like working at um I really loved Sydenham Hill Woods so it's a part of the Great North Woods project which is like the Great North Woods was a huge wooded area of London that got separated as the Industrial Re Revolution came through and the Wildlife Trust has been trying to reconnect them through small green spaces wow. and also um, just bring the condition of those woods up to standard because they're quite degraded by foot traffic or whatever. And Sydenham Hill Woods is amazing. It's got loads of bats. It's got woodpeckers. It's a ancient woodland. Mm. So it's got a lot of ancient woodland indicators as well, like bluebells, wild garlic, um, it's just a really really beautiful kind of hidden spot in the middle it's in Dulwich mm. and it doesn't feel like you're in London at all it's tiny but it just it feels like you're in the woods I don't know I don't know how to describe yeah. it it just it's quiet and it's peaceful and then my other favorite is Woodbury wetlands oh wonderful that was near where I used to live I used to it's go there it's really beautiful there North and London yeah so it's just one water reserve um reservoir and it's got hundreds of wetland birds and it's beautiful and they've got really long reeds and you have reed warblers singing all the time and it's just a really picturesque beautiful place and that's more for the animal side of it where um Sydney Hill Woods I really loved for the woods itself mm. and in the in the apprenticeship I saw that you were also kind of sharing the story of the London Wildlife Trust and that's a big part of it isn't it yeah so they really wanted us like their the traineeship was for young people and it was to try and get young people into nature and like to get young people to discover London and the wild spaces it has because London is made up of 60% wild blue and green spaces which is insane like you don't really think about yeah. that and so their idea was that they'd get trainees in we'd start learning about um, wildlife and we'll try and share that so we would do takeovers and we would do blog posts or vlogs or whatever we could like whatever we wanted to do to share what we'd learned and what excited us so I would make bird feeders or we'd do um, bird surveys and I'd be like IDing the birds and then doing a quiz to see if people could like 
see if people knew it and it's just really great like it was it's a way to connect people like a lot of people were messaging me on instagram going oh i loved this how did you get into this how can i get into this and that's what you want like you want people to know that like young people can get into nature and they can also um get a job out of it mm. and it's not like a scary place or it's not where only the retired can enjoy it or anything like that like everyone can enjoy it what's your favorite memory from that traineeship then I think honestly actually my favourite memory would probably be doing forest school. So we as trainees were allowed to assist on forest school which is um, under fives. It's a group of under fives and you're teaching them to like be in amongst nature and like get down in the dirt and play with bugs or like learn about frogs and you pick up logs and see what was under it and just learn like just learn about what wildlife is you know and I loved that so much and we'd follow like we'd let the kids lead the way and we'd kind of just pick up the frog for them and they can touch it. And oh. it's like, it makes them not scared to be out mm. in nature. Cause it is like being in an urban environment, you don't really experience that. And it is quite daunting for some people. So like, I loved that so much. Like it was so much fun. Like just playing, just playing all day. <laughs> when that three months ended then, you managed to get the job at Painsill. Yeah. So when the three months ended, I was applying at like, everywhere I was like well I definitely don't want to I, I don't want to go back to what I was doing before and I just wanted to find a job and I was applying everywhere and I came in for a volunteer day and Andy took me to the side and he's like well we've actually got a job opening because one of our gardeners is leaving would you like the job and I said yes I was like absolutely I'd, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so I said yes to that but at the same time I'd actually already applied to Wisley and RHS Wisley, yes. which is yeah, the kind of the the key the key garden for Royal the Royal Horticultural Society. So, yes, <laughs> and I'd applied to them for their apprenticeship role, which is a two-year role, um, rotating through the garden, and I'd already gone through the interview process, and I was one of the final candidates for it. So I was like, look, I would love to work here, like I love Painsill, but actually I've also got this coming up, and he said um, he said to me, yes, like we would love to have you here but also it would be great for you to learn about all the other parts of horticulture because mm. this is a very um set in its ways it's 18th century and that's it so it's like if i would like to try more of it it's best for me to try wisley first i said if i get wisley i'll be going there in three months time if i don't get it i'm here i'm happy to be permanent here and i luckily got it so yeah, you did get it so yeah. it so in a few months time you're going to be doing mm -hmm. your apprenticeship for two years at Wisley, which is just actually fairly close to here. Yeah, it's a 10 minute drive from here. Yeah, wonderful. It's a beautiful, beautiful garden there. Well, gardens, plural. Yeah. Absolutely. So it is quite a big decision you took because not only is it a complete transformation in lifestyle, but also, I suppose, financially, it's quite uh, <laughs> yeah. quite a hit from modelling to, to the gardener's wages, I imagine. Yeah, my friends think I'm a bit nuts. Like, they really do think I'm nuts, but you can't really put a price on mental health you can't put a price on happiness and um like when i first started modeling my parents weren't aren't very well off and you don't earn a lot in the first few years so i've been used to scrimping and i've been used to saving and all that so it's not it wasn't a huge sacrifice for me to go from a quite a well-earning position to minimum wage or less than minimum wage apprenticeship wage and i'm like I'm actually just really happy, you know, and it's like, I don't need much. I'm working five days a week. Like, 
most of my money before used to be spent on travel because I'd have to eat out every day or I'd have to stay in hotels or flights and last minute cancellations or whatever and it was just very very expensive so now that my lifestyle from work is cheaper I actually don't need to spend much I, I like being in nature it doesn't cost a thing <laughs> So what is the ultimate goal, do you think? I mean, you may not have worked it out yet because you're, you know, you only, only just started <laughs> in the last 18 months, but, you know, do you have a position in the gardening world that you would love to strive for? Um, roughly, like, I think I have a lot of admiration for the head gardener here. Like, I think he's amazing. He's very talented. He's created this. Um, I would like to do that sort of role. I really like the idea of working in a team. I love teams. I think working by myself as a private gardener, I go a bit nutty, talk to myself too much, so I don't know, it wouldn't be good. So I think I definitely love to work in a team. I love to work in a big park or garden where the public come to, because I love the public interactions. I like people getting joy from it. Like today, someone came up to me and was like, this is the first time I've been here and I love it. Can't believe I've missed this and it's around the corner from my house, you know? I really like that and I like working volunteers i'd like really like to be kind of a managerial like running volunteers and also working in the garden myself so yeah head gardener would be great or like senior gardener something like that that would be a long way down the line like 10 years down the line <laughs> if you could just sum up what do you think that the outdoors means to you um the outdoors for me is like a myriad of things for me it's like it's peace it's it feels like home for me like when I'm feeling really stressed out or um, just homesick I find I, going to a park or going outside to a river or a lake or something really just makes me feel grounded and settled and happy and for me it's just like I couldn't live without it you know it's my favorite thing I love flowers I love the beauty of it I love of like pinks and purples and greens and it's just really beautiful and I love the changing leaves here like that's not something we get in Australia and it's heaven like autumn is so beautiful and for me nature is just it's vast and it's forever changing and forever learning as well like you can't, you can't claim to know everything and can't claim to know that like yes I'm an expert in this because no you're always going to find something that you don't know about and I love that I really love finding out new things and learning and just speaking to people who have vast knowledge about nature and can just teach you and that's what it is for me and finally if you look at your life two years ago and you look at your life now how do you feel um really good <laughs> i think i smell a lot worse than before <laughs> um i've got a lot more bruises and scratches like my legs have been through the wars but I'm really happy. Like I come home from an absolutely knackering day of work and I've got a smile on my face and I'm like ready to go 5 a.m. the next day. You know, I, I love it. Where two years ago I'd be exhausted and I was always like, I'd get tired and I'd get, um, what is the word? When you kind of, you, you meet so many new people and you're constantly having changing surroundings you kind of just close in on yourself sometimes you just you don't have time for it and you don't enjoy what you're actually doing and I was feeling that a lot so it's been a huge change like I'm happy <laughs> which I was happy before but I'm like much more free and just much more relaxed
So Shani, who are the three people who have inspired your love of gardening and, and of nature? Um, first and foremost, my mum and my dad. Like Growing up in Oz, we had quite a big property and my parents used to let me let slash make me every Sunday garden. Like I used to move bags of soil. They used they even let me have my own little veggie patch and oh. they just really immersed me into nature, into gardening straight away as a little kid. Like I remember I think there's photos of me as a toddler with shovels. Oh. You know, so she's definitely number one for me. My mom has like a knack with green finger where like something looks dead and she'll just put it in a pot, she'll put it somewhere and it will suddenly be alive. I don't know how she does it. She has a very like she just has a knack for gardening and it's great. And then second one would be Monty Don of Gardener's World. Yes, I love him. He's great. He kind of he's very soothing tones and he kind of just explains everything in a very easy, simple way and just is so accessible for everyone. You know, and if anything's daunting, like I find, I find kitchen gardens quite daunting because I tend to forget I tend to neglect them a little bit so he makes it just so easy and I'm like yep okay this is the time I need to do this let's do this now um and then third one would be quite a recent one would be the senior ecologist at the London Wildlife Trust Tony he was just an absolute wealth uh, a fountain of knowledge it was insane you would point at a grass and he knew exactly what type of grass it was and like doing the phase one surveys with him which is going through the park and identifying every single plant wow. that was there so that we could then do a condition survey was just like phenomenal like it was amazing because i knew no plants and i suddenly knew lots of native plants and i can id wildflowers now quite well like still pretty bad in my terms but a lot better than before mm. And he just made me appreciate weeds. He really, really made me appreciate weeds because before I would go, oh, I need to pull that out, mm. like garden, gardener, pull it out, get rid of it. But now I'm like, actually, no, that's a really good thing. Like these butterflies feed off it. This is this, this is this. And it's just, yeah, he's been awesome. Tips for budding gardeners, where should they start? Are there any sort of good resources, books, websites, or what would be your, your top tips for people who really want to get into it? Um, my top tip would just be start, like when I started growing things again after my, when I started growing things again in England, I was living in a apartment with just a balcony and growing houseplants or growing little veggies on my balcony was just brilliant. Um, I religiously read the Encyclopedia of Gardening by the Royal Horticultural Society because any problem you have, it's in there. Like, it's quite a hefty book. You can get it from the library, you can get it secondhand. It has everything. It has pests. If something's eating your cabbage, you look at it, you know exactly what it is. That's been fantastic for me. Um, get a good pair of secateurs. Gardeners guard their secateurs with their life they get very <laughs> upset and very touchy when you take their secateurs get your own and look after it like felcos you can have for a lifetime like the gardeners here have had theirs for 40 years 20 years respectively and yeah you can replace the parts it's just you learn to sharpen them is brilliant 100% volunteer it's a great way to meet other people it's a great way to meet other people who are like-minded who want to be out in nature and it's 
great to just get stuck in and get your hands dirty. Like, it's really nice to contribute to somewhere you really enjoy. Like I really love contributing to Paints Hill or to the London Wildlife Trust sites because I go there every day. Like I live around the corner from one of the Great North Wood sites and I just I love walking there with my dog and knowing that yeah I cut like I cut down those invasive species over there or oh this needs to be done next and it's just really nice. Like I recommend volunteering with any local park that's near you. How about things we could all do at home to, to help nature? Um, at home, uh, the easiest one, if you've got a backyard, is not to mow because that instantly brings back insects. It brings, like, insects then bring birds and it's just an instant fix. And wildflowers start popping up. Like, you don't know, you might have orchids under there that you never knew because you mow it down. Um, other things you can do is get compost bin food waste I'm very very OCD with it like my partner knows that we have like four separate bins in our house like, I make separate everything recycling paper recycling garden waste food waste compost it's all separate and that's an easy way to do things and it really does help like, rather than everything going to landfill mm -hmm. and it doesn't cost anything to do that like that's part of the council uh, water butts water butts are great like England, it rains so quickly and so easily that they'll fill up a hundred litre water butt in a day. And that you can just water your garden off that and it's brilliant. How about for people who would like to make a career change, even if it's not exactly the same career change as you? Um, I think definitely consider it. Don't see it as just a passing whimsy or something because it's daunting. It is totally terrifying. I think I thought I was being an absolute idiot about seven times when I was applying for jobs going nobody's gonna hire me why would they hire me when they've got someone who's more experienced in this but it, you got to do what makes you happy and like you're allowed to change careers you don't have to work in an office do something fun like gardening is a valid career it's people do it for years and you can earn, like once you get up to a certain point you can also earn a lot and there's huge resources for that as well like Google is your best friend. I have Googled absolutely every apprenticeship or career changing thing possible and did a lot of research and wanted to know like where was best and what was the most recommended place to go to. Um, and there's, there's loads and loads of information and loads of people have done career changes and are much happier for it as well. Oh, well, Shani, this has been such a lovely <laughs> afternoon. I've loved it so much with the weather and just the beauty of this park and garden. It's sunny and I think we're going to go finish off our walk and head back um, to, the, to the visitor centre in the car park. But thank you so much. That's all right. Thank you for coming out and visiting me. <laughs> it's just been brilliant and um, really good luck with the apprenticeship at thank RHS you. Quisley. Yeah, it's, it's quite an honour to be like, interviewed about my career change when I'm just at the start of it. Oh, That's but nice. no, I think what's so inspirational is that you actually made it happen. Yeah. And uh, you're doing something that makes you happy. So I think that's uh, a great message for everyone. Yeah, it's exciting. I'm excited to know what I'm going to be doing next. <laughs>
You'll also find her on Instagram at Sharni Gardner. Painsaw Park are fundraising to restore the Woolet Bridge, so head to their website to find out more. If you want to make the outdoors a bigger part of your life, there are lots of other episodes with guests to get inspiration from. People like Tolga Actus, who is an electrical engineer, but he's now a conservationist. Just have a browse through the dozens of previous episodes of The Outdoors Fix. If you like the podcast, it would be brilliant if you could rate and review it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and share it on your social media. Regular listeners of The Outdoors Fix will know that I end each episode with some sounds of nature. So this time you're going to hear some birdsong from earlier this year in the National Trust's Ashridge Estate in Hertfordshire. I hope you enjoy it. This episode of The Outdoors Fix was supported by outdoor footwear brand Merrill. Merrill is launching a year-long campaign called Hashtag Step Further to encourage people from all walks of life to get outdoors on a micro-adventure to experience the benefits for both their physical and mental health.